Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode. <sighs> it was freezing these past two days, I'm just saying. Um, yes, upstate New York was absolutely freezing. I, I heard like most of the northeast mm-hmm. type, and I don't know how far how far down it went, but yeah, we're not used to uh, winters of minus 35. I had my heater on and my heat is pretty good. Mm-hmm. of the small apartment we were freezing completely freezing and it was on we had even water boiling on the top you know because i guess uh, yeah. nothing we're like yeah we're just wasting gas at this point <laughs> damn yeah like i know we normally keep our thermostat at 70 yeah but we had to kick it up well he kicked it up to where it was like at 74 so now today that it's nice and you know um it's a little warmer this morning i'm like oh my god it's hot i'm hot yeah you know and then i look at the thermostat and the thermostat only says 74 and i'm like are you serious so i lowered it to 70 in hopes that i would i get a little cool down right but i mean 25 degrees i think that's what it is now feels like it's 55 degrees outside you know compared to what it was yesterday and the day before yeah when it was like minus degree weather um they said because it was weird we usually turn on our water so that so the pipes don't freeze yeah so we do it every night you know so there's no problem we turn it off every morning um yesterday 10 11 o'clock something like that maybe 12. i go to the bathroom to wash my face whatever and there's no cold water and I'm like, so my wife told me, oh, no, they're probably working on the downstairs neighbors. No problem. She gets in contact with him and he's like, no, nobody's been here. You know, they said they were going to come two hours ago, but they never came. So I'm like, so what the heck happened to my cold water? It got frozen in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I think so, it was like, what, negative 15 yesterday morning. Yeah, they, and they, he... The super told me that it was negative 15 when he woke up. By the time he got out and everything, it got as close to minus 30, or close to minus 35. By like 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, that don't happen. When the sun comes out, usually, you know, the, the weather goes up a little bit. No, the like, wind not, chill. Not, not, yesterday. <laughs> not yesterday. No, that wind chill was a disaster. Um, But yeah, so... Um, from what I saw, we're supposed to get some good weather this week. 
I'm seriously thinking about solar panels because of the electricity bill, y'all. I'm like, maybe if I get solar panels, that would be good. I don't know. I mean, they say that it's supposed to be, it's supposed to help on your um, electric bill and all that, so. Yeah, but the only downfall from what I, from what I've heard from other people was it takes about a year or two for you to see the like the to see the effect of it, yeah, you know. So I'm like, uh, you know, you question those. But anywho, um, so what are we talking about today? Like, what's going on? Okay, so we are talking about the boogeyman of Westfield. Um, I'm gonna subtitle it the, the list family murders okay so i have a question i have an answer hopefully no i i i i, I phrased this question because i know you normally talk about it so um do you believe that a perfect murder can be you know can can somebody may successfully make a perfect murder and get away with it in today's times and i'm talking about technological times that's a good question <laughs> and honestly and I'm, i'll give my reason why i i i say this answer i truly yeah. think yes so here's the thing is, if you're going to murder somebody, right, you're always going to yeah. do it where it's not somebody who's who's in any sort of way attached to you. Right. And then you want to make sure that there's no, like, cameras, visual places. You want to have it where it's dark. So that way, if somebody was to see you, they, they only know the silhouette, which if you're smart, you wear the appropriate attire. So that way, your body figure and your your um, the perspective of your height and whatnot is not accurate to what you really are, mm-hmm. you know. And then you want to go and detach yourself from the events, and you never want to do it in your home base. Okay. And you, it's it's one of those, and then you need to always have in the back of your mind that. Vegas rule, and but the thing is, you can never talk about it. Like it is hush tone. So if you have all those things of that knowledge, of how to do things, yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> I'm not psychotic. I promise. I'm not psychotic. But I. Like I said, we've discussed it before, so I knew with this case, that was a perfect question. Um, People are going to think I'm psychotic and that I'm ready to murder somebody. 
should not say that you have said before that you could get away with the perfect murder? I shouldn't say it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, is it possible? Yes. Is it? You've got to like... But technically, I can't get away with it because I don't cannot lie for ships. Well, okay. true. So, true. yeah. And I have yeah. such a guilty conscience that I will go and probably end up bringing myself to the station after doing so. And be like, listen, I didn't mean to. Well, I didn't mean to, but I didn't think it through. And I wasn't thinking. And I, I was going on adrenaline. And I was being stupefied. And I was... I did it. <laughs> and, then, and then you have the death sergeant like, you did what? What are you talking about? Nobody confessed to something. I don't even know what the hell you confessed to. They'll just lock my ass up and be like, what the fuck is wrong with this show? So, I think that, yes, it's possible, but there's got to be a lot of, um, like, there's got to be so many things that you have to do to possibly get away with it. Yeah. My thing is, nowadays, with all the technology, everybody has a camera phone. True. Most houses nowadays have some type of surveillance camera. Those damn ring alarms. Those (laughs) ring alarms and all that. So, you know, and... So the chances of you being caught is is greater now than it was 1950s, 1960s, and maybe even 1970. But yeah, I mean, can it be possible? Of course. You, my, I, I asked my wife, do you believe a perfect murder can be made? You know, can somebody actually commit a perfect murder? Like, yeah, cannibalism, no evidence. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I told her, but wait, Jeffrey Dahmer was a cannibalist and, and got caught. Yeah, because he was an idiot. That's what she told me. Yeah, because he was an idiot. Well, he kept body parts. That's why he got caught. Yeah, yeah that's what she said. She said, if he would have ate them all, no, no, there's no way, there's no way he would have ever been caught. But he kept a couple of them for his souvenirs. That meant, wow, that was more cryptic than I, than I expected her answer to be. See, like the most sadistic I ever got, like in the thought process, right? Especially when you're watching your, um, like the, the documentaries and everything like that, and you're like, well, how could they have done it differently to prevent themselves from getting caught? And I'm yeah. like, a lot of them nowadays, they go into this memberment, but they put it in trash bags and throw it in the... Sh- and I'm like, no. No, don't do that. Yeah. I agree with... I don't agree with the cannibalism, and I just think my... Yeah, she's psychotic. Um, <laughs> don't tell how I said that. Um... I would never eat somebody. I, I just, yeah, I like, mean, it takes a lot out of me just to eat meat. And I know I got to eat meat for health reasons. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah, I can Regan never eat. Yeah. We mm-hmm. might disagree with you about the meat protein part. Possibly. Yeah, but they don't also look at the statistics. They, how much more other of other foods you got to consume to get the equivalent to yeah. one piece of meat that can give you. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to go and eat a bunch of other stuff to get my protein needs and get my iron needs and get this needs and get that needs and be like, 
Now I feel like a fat pig and I ate too much. Yeah, so we're actually not asking for you. You know, I know the, if we don't get many comments on these videos. That uh, the uh, excuse me, podcast. I'm already thinking about the YouTube channel. Sorry. Um, we we don't get many comments on these um, podcasts as it is, but I don't want that to be the reason why people explode our comments because we disagree with vegans. You know what I'm saying? Well, we haven't heard anything back from a lot of our um, right. sex, the sexual stuff. Right. I think we're fine, especially when we like should. with the gender stuff and everything. We haven't got yeah. anything back on that. We're fine. Yeah, yeah we the vegans fine. will stand down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, my case this week is um, the, it's, it's John List. He's the murderer. Okay. Um, well, by, who is he? Well. Let's let's discuss it. Okay. Dum dum. So, John List was born in Bay City, Michigan. This oh, was the okay. only child of German American parents, John Frederick List, and Alma Barbara Florence List. Um, like his father, List was a devout Lutheran and a Sunday school teacher. List graduated from Bay City Central High School in 1943. That same year, he enlisted in the United States Army and served as a laboratory technician during World War II. His father died in 1944. Mm -hmm. After this um, was discharged in 1946, he enrolled in the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, where he earned a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting, and was commissioned a second lieutenant through ROTC. So he did a lot in his early life, huh? Yeah. Not a slacker. Not a, definitely not a slacker. Um, in November 1950, as the Korean War escalated, List was recalled to active military service at Fort Ulist in Virginia. He met Helen Morris Taylor, the widow of an infantry officer killed in action in Korea, who lived not, he lived nearby where. Her, where her daughter Brenda nearby where her, where her daughter Brenda lived, I guess. Um, John and Helen married on December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore. Um, Baltimore, Maryland. I don't think there is another Baltimore, but anyway, Baltimore, Baltimore Maryland. The family um, moved to Northern California the Army, realizing this, this accounting skills, reassigned him to the Finance corp Corps. And my mouse is not working? Okay. So after his completion of his second tour in 1952, Liz worked for an accounting firm in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And then as an order supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo, where his three children were born by 1959. Liz had read... Um, Risen to general supervisor of the company's accounting department, but Helen, an alcoholic, had become increasingly unstable in 1960. Oh, yeah, it became increasingly unstable. In 1960, his stepdaughter Brenda married and left the household, and left moved with the remainder of his family to Rochester, New York, to to take a job with Xerox. There he eventually became director of accounting services in, 19, in direct, excuse me, 
Director of Accounting Services. In 1965, Les accepted a position as Vice President and Controller at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey, and moved with his wife, children, and mother into Breeze Knoll, a 19-room Victoria Mansion at 431 Hillside Avenue in Westfield. So that's, how's it, what's it called? That's his kind of early life and who he married. And so this lady, Brenda, had a stepdaughter that I guess was older, moved out eventually, and he had three kids with her. Okay. Okay. So. On November 9th, 1971, Liz murdered his entire immediate family. Oh, wait, you can't just throw that like that on me. Why not? <laughs> I always smooth sail into my, my murders. No. Yeah, I do. You just, bam. No, no smooth sailing. No smooth sailing today. No. <laughs> <laughs> All that came into my mind was like, it came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> that, that was a delivery. Exactly. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, but how did he kill them? Well, you told me to stop, so I can't finish until you ready now. Did yeah. the wrecking ball hit you or did you it miss? No, it, it slightly missed. I, I was able oh. to, div you know. Okay. So on November 9th, 1971, Liz murdered his entire immediate family using his own 9mm Steider 1912 semi-automatic handgun and his father's Colt 22 caliber revolver. While his children were at school, he shot his wife, Helen, age 47 at the time, in the mm -hmm. back of the head. Wow. And then his mother, mm -hmm. and then his mother, Alma, 84, above the left arm. Oh. As his daughter, Patricia, 16, and younger son, Frederick, 13, arrived home from school, Liz shot each of them in the back of the head. After making himself lunch, Liz drove to the bank to close both his and his mother's bank accounts. And then to Westville High School to watch his eldest son, John Frederick, 15, playing a soccer game. So, I killed my wife. I killed my mother. Let me make myself some lunch, go to the bank. And watch my son, 15, play soccer. No big deal. I think I heard this before. Oh. I think I heard this story before. After driving John Frederick home, they shot him repeatedly because, as misfire evidence showed, his son attempted to defend himself. 
unfortunately, he was not successful. Damn it. Can I get, like, one little happy moment? Like... Not in this story. You, you never give me happy endings. What are you talking about? More happy endings. We ca In my last one, we captured the dad. And he's serving time. And the son is serving time. And the uncle is serving time. I gave a happy ending. A bam. Yeah, okay. But I just started. Can you give me a minute? Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. So, let's place the bodies of his wife and children on sleeping bags in the mansion's ballroom. He left his mother's body in her apartment in the attic. In a five-page letter to his pastor, found on the desk in his study, Liz claimed that he saw too much evil in the world and he had killed his family to save their souls. Bullshit. Now you God. Like, don't come out with the God complex. That's that's been used already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he then cleaned the various crime scenes, mm -hmm. removed his own picture from all family photographs in the house, turned the radio to a religious station and departed. Now, are you ready? This is where it gets interesting. Okay. <clears throat> the murders were not discovered until December 7th. Nearly a month later, due in part to the family's recursive tendencies and in part to no send by list to the children's schools and part-time jobs claiming that the children will be visiting their ailing maternal grandmother in North Carolina for a few weeks. Oh, son of a biscuit. He gave himself some time. Yeah. Now, now you kind of get the question. Why well, ask the question at the beginning? Okay, so, so he, he was on a good trail. My thing is, wouldn't, but here's where I think he effed up, is that common sense is back in that era, that time, most females who had kids had a husband. Right. You know? Yeah. And then he cut his picture out of the, out of the frames, which you can obviously see, okay, somebody's obviously missing. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he said removed, so I don't know if he actually just took those pictures with him when he was in it. Or burnt it. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. Burnt it would be smarter. Yeah, because, I mean, it's kind of simple. It's kind of easy to see a picture and say, hey, somebody's cut out. I wonder why. You know, and kind of check. Even though it was 1971, it's kind of harder. It was harder to check back then where the picture came from and who was on it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, anyway, Helen's mother was, in fact, there and had canceled a, vis a visit to Westfield because of it. So, he didn't technically lie. Um, had she made the trip, Liz later said she would have been his sixth victim. So, thankfully, his 
her mother didn't come because she would have been dead too. Okay, so. Gosh. So this also stopped got milk, mail, and newspaper delivery. Oh, no, sorry, excuse me. I said it wrong. This also stopped all milk, mail, and newspaper delivery. So nobody was coming to the house to deliver anything. So they wouldn't smell the bodies decaying. They would have thought they're on vacation or right. visiting the ill family. Right. So with probably, if mail was to pile up, everybody like, well, you know, they're, they're visiting family, so that's why. Right. It brought him some time so he can get ahead of the popo and get away. Oh, my dear Lord, this is cringing. Neighbors noticed that all of the mansion's rooms were illuminated day and night with no apparent activity within the house. He left After the lights the, on? He basically left all the lights on in the house. <clears throat> Do that nowadays, so, I'll smack you. <laughs> that bill, right? But like, yo, I don't care what you did. Don't leave my lights on, okay? That bill is high. So after the light bulbs began burning out, one by one, the neighbors called the police. Officers entered through an unlocked window leading to the basement and discovered the family's bodies. Um, so Westfield, where a few violent crimes have been recorded since 1963, received national attention at the site of one of the most notorious felons in New Jersey since the kidnapping and murder of the Lindenberg baby. Because I kind of remember that, but I don't, not, not totally. Damn. So that was in the same city, and, you know. So a nationwide manhunt was launched Police investigated hundreds of leads without success. Mm -hmm. all, re all reliable photographs of this have been destroyed. The family car was found parked at JFK Airport in New York City. But police found no evidence that this had boarded a flight. Alma's body was flown to Frankenmuth, Michigan, and entered at the St. Lawrence Lutheran um, Cemetery. Helen and her three children were buried at Fairview Cemetery in Westfield. Um, Breeznow remained empty until it was destroyed by fire in August 1972, nine months after the murder. Although the destruction was officially ruled arson, it remains officially unsolved with no suspect. The shirt along with the home was a ballroom stained glass skylight, rumored to be signed by Tiffany, original, worth at least $100,000 at that time, equivalent to $650,000 in 2021. So a new house, of course, was built and decided in 1974. Okay. So, John List killed all his family members. Yeah. 
uh, except for the son at the time, he went to the bank, did whatever, some chores, went to see his kid, killed him eventually after missing a couple shots because the kid fought back. Um, so had no, there was no evidence of him in his house as far as pictures and stuff like that. Um, his car was found in New York City uh, JFK Airport, but there was no flight with his name on it. So he did not fly out of JFK. At least not. Did he take a train or a bus? We're about to, uh, we're about to find out. Um, so in 1971, as the FBI later discovered, they said travel by train from New Jersey to Michigan and then to Colorado. He settled in Denver in early 1972 and took an accounting job under the name Robert Peter Bob Clark. So, Robert Peter Clark. People called him Bob, which is kind of normal for Robert. Okay. One of his college classmates so he took the identity of one of his college women. Wow. Although the real Bob Clark later asserted that he had never known, he never knew List. So where he got the name, I'm guessing, I'm guessing from college, um, what you call that? I forget the terminology, but you know where you can see your classmates and all that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. Probably like, cause I, I've, ugh. If I'm right, like, they used to, back then, like, put the names on the paper of who, what your grades were. Yeah, all in, yeah, so it's easy, so it was easy to... See somebody's grades. Yeah, yeah, so you could see, like, I don't know, Lauren Acevedo, 79, yeah, and they went down alphabetically, yeah. Mm. Okay. So, from 1979 to 1986... Okay. He was a con- huh? I said, okay. Yeah. He was a controller at a paper box manufacturing outside Denver. He joined the Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. At one religious gathering, he met an army PX clerk named Dolores Miller and married her in 1985. In February 1990, uh, excuse me, in February 1988, the couple moved to a house in the Brandon Mill neighborhood of Melothian, Virginia, where Liz, still using the name Bob Clark, resumed work as an accountant at a small accounting firm. <clears throat> the firm was called Madrea, Joyner, Kirkham, and Woody. In 1972, Liz was proposed as a suspect in the DB Copper Air piracy case because of the timing of his disappearance, two weeks prior to the airline hijacking. So I'm guessing they're just naming him in shit now. Uh, multiple matches to the hijacker's description and the reason that a fugitive accused of mass murder had nothing to, lo- to lose. List was questioned by the FBI investigators after his capture, but he denied any involvement in the Cooper case. 
while his um, name is still occasionally mentioned in Kupo articles and documentaries, no direct evidence implicates him and the FBI no longer consider him a suspect. So the FBI had him on a totally different case. But it wasn't him. But it wasn't him. But wouldn't you want to go and like take fingerprints or be in the FBI? Right. I guess they were just questioning him and they really didn't didn't really have him as a a real suspect. It was just like, hey, your name keeps coming up. Let's you know see what he got to say about it. Those are those moments where you want to say, what the fudge? Okay? Like, I, I, you're given the gift. It's wrapped up. Put a pretty bow on it. And you still don't see it. Yeah, then you return it to sender. Like, this ain't mine here. You got it back. He's like, no. So, in May 1989, the 18-year-old crime was recounted on the Fox television program, America's Most Wanted, during his first year on the air. The the segment featured an age progress play bust sculpted by forensic artist Frank Bender, which turned out to bear a close resemblance to this actual appearance. Oh, shit. On June, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, On June 1st, less than two weeks after the broadcast, this was arrested at a Richmond accounting firm after a Denver neighbor recognized the description and alerted the authorities. Yeah. So, and I did see, I did see something on Amazon Prime, but I had to pay for it, so I said no, thank you. Um, what's the name of it? Something about a next door neighbor. I'll, 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 I'll find it and I'll put it in the, in the description. Oh, okay. So, but it, it it looked like it was, it was about this young lady that knew something was suspicious about her neighbor, and basically figured it out and alerted the police. I'm guessing what they, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So, so Liz continued to stand by his um, aliases for several months, even after his 1889 extradition to. Union County, New Jersey, finally. Yeah, my mouse is really not working, guys. Sorry. This is what happens when you use the new age technology. <laughs> right. Okay, so... So he was extradited to Union City, New Jersey. Um... After finally find, uh, facing the irrefutable evidence, including an effort, uh, fingerprint match with list military records, as well as evidence found at the crime scene, he confessed his true identity on February 16, 1990. Almost 19 years later. After uh, 19 years after that. I was five years old. Right? Damn. I was maybe 13. No, not yet. I was 12. Sheesh. So, at trial, Liz testified that his financial difficulties reached crisis level in 1971, where he was laid off 
with the closure of the Jersey City Bank to avoid sharing his humiliation, humiliating de development with his family, Miss engaged in the same routine and just as when employed, leaving home each morning on schedule and spending the day at job interviews or at the Westfield train station, reading newspapers until it was time to come home. Miss diverted money from his mother's bank account to avoid default on his mortgage. As the years progressed, the family's financial problems became more um, strained. Liz encouraged his children to seek part-time work. Um, ostensibly to teach them maturity and responsibility, but in actuality to help keep the family financially sound. Wow. So I don't know if that's actually what happened, or is this, or is that the bullshit he fed the police? Um, but, but I kind of, I kind of agree. With, I kind of believe it because his wife was an alcoholic, so that didn't help the financial matters as it was. No, and him losing his job on top of it. You know. And then you said he had a mansion. Yeah, he moved into yeah this mansion in Westfield, New Jersey. So I think, now get me if I'm wrong, but I think what he did was he took big ass sleep, got into that house thinking he was good with his job and comes to find out shit blew up in his face. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, that's why... That's why most people tell you don't buy mention mentions way different than a house, obviously, but don't buy, don't buy something that you are not sure. You know, like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, I'm going to say this way, don't get a house cause you're not going to afford it. You're not going to be okay. able to, you know, like if you have, if you're doing good at work, you've been there for, you know, and you're saving some money, blah, blah, blah. Great. But he definitely lives above his means, you know, <clears throat> oh my so god. He, he was dealing with his wife's alcoholism and her untreated cyphus contracted from her first husband and concealed for concealed for eighteen years. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Okay, so it's a disease that damages your internal organs and can result in death. Wow, okay. Um According to trial testimony, Helen had pressure list into marriage by falsely claiming that she was pregnant, then insisted that they marry in Maryland, which did not require the pre-marital uh, syphilis test mandate in most other states at the time. Also, she's talking about the blood test that you normally have to take when you get married. Okay. Uh... Though her health progressively deteriorated, she said nothing to list all her positions until 1969, when a thorough workup revealed the condition. 
By then, progression of the disease combined with her excessive alcohol consumption had, according to testimony, transformed her from an attractive young woman to an uncut, unkept and paranoid recluse, who frequently and often publicly humiliated Les, comparing his sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. Damn, so he, she embarrassed him on top of it. Jesus Christ. But that still doesn't oh, give him like an excuse of why he killed his kids at the end of the day. No, none of it. I mean, none of none of this does. No. Like he could have done the deadbeat dad thing, you know. Even though I'm against it, but he could just divorce her, and just left them shambled in his in the debt, you know. I mean. There was no need to kill them. Yeah. So, a court-appointed psychiatrist testified that Liz suffered from an obsessive-compulsive personality disorder and that he saw only two solutions to the situation. Accept welfare or kill his family and send their souls to heaven. Welfare was an, was an unacceptable option, he, he reasoned, because it would expose him and his family to ridicule and violate his authoritarian father's teaching regarding the care and protection of his family members. Listen, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Like, I, anybody who knows me, I hate handouts. I hate, you know, anything like that. Um, but there have been times where it was a struggle and I'm like, okay, you know what? I need a helping hand. Never would I consider remotely or even a fragment to go and murder my loved ones to not have to accept the fact that I might just need temporarily assistance, you know? I mean, it, it wasn't like he's like, hey, wife, let's go in public assistant, let's milk it for everything they got, and every time they say, oh, we got to go to work or whatever, have another kid. Let's just keep doing that and have like 15 kids or whatever. You know, it's, it's as much as I understand that feeling, everyone needs help every once in a while. Yeah. As long as you're not, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this just because I don't want to go to work. I don't want, you know, make up all these milking the system. Nothing. Yeah. Just, you know, hey, this is great. I don't have to do nothing. I could just sit down and do nothing. And, you know, I get rent paid for and a number of other things. Yeah, that's my puppies. <laughs> Acting an idiot. <laughs> Okay, so on, on April 12, 1990, Liz was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. At his sentencing hearing, he denied, he denied um, direct responsibility for his actions, saying, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I asked all affected by this 
for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. The judge was unpersuaded. Good. So, John Elmo List is without remorse and without honor, he said. After 18 years, 5 months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voice of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Patrick, and John F. to, to rise from the from the grave. He imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, the maximum permissible penalty at the time. Um, list uh, filled an appeal, let me filled, filed an appeal uh, of his convictions on grounds that his judgment had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder due to his military service. Hold up. He's coming up with every fucking excuse in the book <laughs> not to go to fucking jail. My mental state. Oh, wait, wait. Post-traumatic stress disorder because I was in the military. What the fuck? You don't get that just out of random. <laughs> so he also argued that the letter he left behind at the crime scene, essentially his confession, was a confidential communication to his pastor and and therefore inadmissible as evidence. A federal appeals court rejected both arguments. Listen, the only time as mm. a person that grew up in the church, yeah, the only time that a confession to a pastor is inadmissible in court is when you say it directly to the pastor. And exactly. you leave a note, you're leaving evidence. Mm -hmm. They could use that. They could use the note to do whatever. You 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 just can't say. Well, I left it to my pastor, and that you know, I can't be charged for that. You know, you can't use that as, as evidence. The heck, we can. Yeah, of course we can. Yeah, and especially if you didn't address it to your pastor, you just wrote the letter. He could he could have addressed it to his pastor. He should not have left a note. He should have gone to his pastor and said, "Listen, I need to confess right now." You know, I have sinned. Way, yeah, and that way they. I mean, nowadays, I know, and I'm just, I'm, I don't know from experience, but I've seen a lot of cases where they try to make the pastor speak, blah, blah, blah. It never works. Yeah. Because that's, it's like, same thing with a, um, a lawyer speaking on a defendant that's um, guilty. No matter what the, the, the client said to, to the lawyer or to the doctor, to whatever, it's inadmissible because... Client you know, privilege. Client privilege, right. So... Um, so List eventually expressed a degree of remorse for his crime, saying, I wish I had never done what I did. He told Ch um, Connie Chung in tw 2002, I regretted my actions and prayed for, for forgiveness ever since. When asked why he had not taken his own life, he said he believed that suicide would have prevented him from going to heaven, where he hoped to be reunited with his family. And you fucking think murder is you're going to reach heaven? Suicide? No, no, I will never reach heaven. But if I commit murder, not one, not two, not three, but... Really? He got his wires crossed. What the fuck? No. I commit five murders, but if I commit suicide, I won't go to heaven. 
Bein mal nicht so okay. And I think what's worse is he killed his own kids. It's like, dude, no, you are condemned. <laughs> and it's like, there's no reason for it. Let, let's let's not forget, and I have a little bit more to say. You know, something a little, another little paragraph. Okay. But I think it's cowardly. That you want to kill your family, but you shoot them all in the back of the head. You plan this out for months, who know, maybe years, who knows? But you're not gonna face, you're not gonna face them when you kill them. You're just gonna shoot them in the back of the head. Because he knew if they was facing him, he couldn't do it. Right. And I mean, they had a better chance to defend themselves, obviously. But, um, but like. You couldn't face your family to shoot him, but you planned all this. You took your, you know, like you knew to take your pictures down to go to court, to go to the bank, excuse me, and take, you know, your money and your mother's money. Went to see your son in practice at, at his game, excuse me. Anyway, to end my case, Liz died of complications from pneumonia at age 82 on March 21st, 2008, while in prison at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. In reporting his death, the New Jersey Star-Ledger referred to him as the boogeyman of Westfield. So he died mm -hmm. at age 82, and he's a horrible criminal that kills his own family. Like, what the fuck? So What's your thoughts? Here's the thing is, I don't see why they called him the boogeyman, because it wasn't really like, True. You know, it was, I don't know, when you think about the boogeyman, you think, one, nighttime. Two, right. someone who just appears and out of random, you know? Right. Like that. Like, True. Like, if they would have called the Night Stalker, you know, uh, Ramirez, the boogeyman, I can see that. I can say, right. yeah, because that dude, you yeah. nobody knew when he was going to attack. Right. I can see that, you know, um, if they call it Ted Bundy, a lot of these other guys who did a lot of their crime yeah. at night, I can see where they would say, that's a boogeyman. Yeah. This dude, he killed his own family. Yeah. Family annihilator? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. anything other, other than that, you know, it's like... Don't really, I don't really go with the boogeyman thing, but I guess that's what they called him at that point, because no. wording wasn't like how it is nowadays. Yeah, I mean, and we all know that every time the media names somebody something, it's always, why the heck you named them that? First of all, why even give them a name, you know? Because it sells papers. The boogeyman of Westfield, oh shit, I gotta find out what happened yet. What made him the boogeyman? Yeah, I gotta know. I gotta read it. <laughs> and then they'll run it for a week or two weeks, as long as they can, so people could keep buying papers. Until it dries out. Yeah, until it's like, okay, we sold enough papers, we, we, could, we could be done with this case now. Mm -hmm. so. But yeah, so what do you think? 
Any thoughts? He was smart and to the point. Yeah. Because he did get away with it for some time being. Now, my thing is, once he realized that the FBI pulled him, even though he was not the person that they were looking for, I would have went and said, you know what? I need a jet. I need to get out of here. My my little butt would have went either he's in Colorado, cross the border over to Canada, or go downhill and go south of the border. <laughs> you know, yeah. any which way that I can go to get out of whatever circumstance. Because, hello, pulled me once saying I'm I'm the person you're looking for. You're going to pull me again and this time I am going to be the person you're looking for. I, I would have I jetted. Right. You know, no yeah. one was tying the fact that he was who they were looking for until, you know, they did the... Uh, America's most uh, America's yeah. most wanted you know and it's like yeah. you had your opportunity to flee you had your opportunity to get out of there you know yeah. it, it looks like um, the past two cases we've done this case and last case both murderers were on America's most wanted right yes that's crazy and I mean the longer we do this, the more we're going to bump into America's Most Wanted because they almost did all of them, mm-hmm. except for the newer ones that just happened because, yeah. So, yeah. It's just crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I was looking for cases and I'm like, oh, John Liss, okay. You know, he looks, that name sounds interesting. And then I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> so, I mean... No reason again. I mean, the the whole bullshit of um, I wanted to save their souls. It's complete bullshit. The the thing is, oh, I had to go on welfare, which a lot of people have done. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say percentage because I'm always wrong on percentage, but a whole lot of people have been on some type of welfare. Or I'm going to kill my family to get out of this. There's like, there's no comparison between the two. No. You know, like, hey, I'm going to either have to go to welfare or sell my mansion in my car. Okay, that's more comparable. We could get a smaller house. We could pay off our debt and get yeah. a smaller house. Which but, a lot of people but, don't think to downsize and there's not an right. issue. No, I'm sorry. All the time, you know, all the time. So it's like, his like, I understand now that he had obsessive disorder, whatever the, the right terminology for it is. Like, you you went from one extreme to the entire other, with nothing in the middle. Like, there had to be more options in between welfare and killing your family. I mean, there has to be. So. But then again, we have people that mental health has been one of the biggest reasons why they do the stuff they do. True. And they never get help for it. Yeah. And it's, I was, I don't know where I read it, but 
men have a higher percentage of not only uh, mental health, but unhelped mental health. So they never go, you know, the macho man, sigma, you know, all this other bullshit that really is like, nowadays it's totally bullshit. You know, you, you can go to mental health and you can, you know, you need to, if you need it, you need it. Just like you go see your doctor because your back is ailing or you have, you're sick and you have a cold. If you have mental issues, you need mental health help, you should go do that as well. So, but yeah, there's always mental health is always involved in it somehow, some way. I feel sorry for the family, especially the 82, like, I can't say especially, but like the 82 year old mother, she was going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. She was closer to, to death than any, uh, you know, any of the other ones that were, that were killed. Why the mother? True. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and I'm going to say because she, she had money in that bank that he could get away with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? His main thing was financial. Yeah. It was all about the greens. It had nothing to do with family and whatnot. It was all about how people saw him, how he saw himself, and wanting to stay at that high rank. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we definitely know that from him telling... Him saying that about, um, hey, listen, why didn't you kill yourself? You ain't got rid of all of that. Oh, no, because, you know, I won't, I won't, I won't make it into heaven where, where I hopefully get to see my family again. You think your family want to see you in heaven after that? Nope. You know, like, especially, like, above all of them is the children. Like, they were super young. 15, 16, I forget what the youngest one is. But. They had a whole full life that they could have lived. Yep. And he snuffed it you out. Know, and he, you know, just took that away from them. So, and I, and the, the, their mother was sickly. Who knows, you know, that, that disease, as I said, um, leads to death. So mm-hmm. she was eventually going to die as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it did, like, of course, the mother's not going to allow him to kill, you know, the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's crazy. It's a crazy case. It is. So, if you want more cases like this or the previous one, feel free to email us. Email us at murderersintentions21 at gmail.com. Or you can always message us or leave us a comment on our Instagram at Murderous underscore intentions underscore podcast, or you can always tweet us at capital M, capital I, true cry podcast. And remember, you can listen to us on Spotify and your Amazon music or audiobooks. Audiobooks, yes. Have yeah. fun, enjoy. Yeah,